Hey Coconuts, welcome back to another episode of Weekly Market Updates where we scour the net for worthy financial news for you. The usual three stories this week, US CPI and the market's reaction to it, it's just gone crazy. FTX has also gone crazy and we look a bit at the fallout from that. And of course, you know, China policy, well, maybe not so crazy. We'll see. Hey Coconuts, welcome back to another episode of Weekly Market Updates with me, Anthony. And me, Reggie. I'm your host, aka Yoshi Financial Coconut. Woo. Hooray! No Rakesh today, so I have I have more talking to do. Terrible. <laughs> he, he better come back on holiday soon. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy is just enjoying India. Hey, wait, he's in India, right? At this point in time? Yes, yes, he's in India. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I saw his yeah. photos. Like, my goodness, so beautiful. So... Just doing his thing, lah. Just doing his thing, right? And you just came back. I mean, last week, last week there was no yes. show because both of you were on a break, right? And I was, I was just yes. too overwhelmed to take the whole thing on my own <laughs> with anyone else. Can I? We, we can, we can yeah, have yeah. a market updates monologue, right? Oh, whoa! <laughs> so, okay, okay. Then I have to do all the heavy lifting on my own. Three stories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take over our show for it? No, I know, I know. I think you guys are doing a great job. Yes, yes. <laughs> and to be clear, okay, last right. week last week was relatively quiet compared to this week. Uh, this week, this week has a lot, a lot, a lot more crazy <laughs> stuff. I don't know. You don't feel so? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I keep like. All, all my news is either F2X, which we, we will talk about, and, and Twitter, mm-hmm. which I can't invest in, so I don't want to talk about anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, Elon Musk is you know, kind of putting on a masterclass in management, man. Seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so stories for this week, right? Um, that there was news last week. So so we had US CPI, we'll talk a bit about that and, and how the market reacted and whether you know that, that kind of makes sense to us. Um, that there's FTX. Still continues, you know. Reggie talked about it on Friday, but I also want to talk about it. So mm. here we are going to continue talking about it. And we'll probably talk about it on Friday again, you know, because it's an evolving again. situation. <laughs> yes, yes. It's evolving, right? Okay. Like it's just more and more shit. So, so out you of have it. updates every three days. That that's like better than most <laughs> newspapers, man. Yeah, guys. We are very and, updated. Yes. And and of course, you know, China made some noise about maybe lifting. You know, zero COVID and they had a few policy announcements over the past week. So yeah, let, let's take a look and see if anything actually changes. Mm-hmm. Cool. So mm-hmm. why don't we start with US CPI, right? Um, so, so last week, you know, CPI figures came out. They came in at 7.7% um, year-on-year growth. So uh, still high, right? No, no, Nobody's high. denying that, that this nobody's is a very high that. number. Yes, very high. But, you know... It was lower than expected by like zero point two percent. I think market the market was expecting seven point nine. So, well, good news is good news, right? And and the market just went crazy. And I think the Nasdaq went up what eleven percent that day. S and P went up four or five percent a day. It was the, the largest move in thirty years or something like that. It, it's just outsized, right? Outsized. And, and I think you know. <laughs> I mean, no, that, that, hey, that's my question, right? That, mm-hmm. Does this actually, you know, make sense fundamentally? You know, are we going to read into it or, or is it just, you know, something else and the markets being, well, markets, you know, because the, we, we shouldn't be predicting these in the short term anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the reality is 7.7% is still extremely high. And I don't know how, honestly, after so many years of investing, I still don't understand how like 0.2% or 0.1% up-down expectations send markets into movements, you know, like, like it's, like, it's just, it's just I like, know. 
No, but <sighs> you know why? Because mm. people need to make news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. To talk about. <laughs> exactly. So, so to me, this is just another one of those news cycle, right? And okay, and to be clear, it's not that there's no logic. Okay, to me, it's a really a momentum kind of trade, right? So there's volatility, momentum. Everybody builds up and everybody piles up. Whoever holds the bag is the last guy, right? So there's a lot of <laughs> uh, momentum, volatility trade. But if you talk to me as a fundamentalist, right, it doesn't tell me much into how the US is going to handle this situation, it also doesn't tell mm-hmm. me much about like what is the what are the interest rates hikes potentially coming, you know, because it's been like what? Past four, five rounds of 0.75%, right? And and it's just going to, it's just going to keep going at, at, at this case, right? I mean, CPF of mm. 7.7%, they cannot run a country like that. <laughs> so the people will revolt. <laughs> Right, right. And, yeah. and to be clear, to be clear, the US is at a point in time where people are on the fence of revolting, right? Like, like you can feel the energy, right? There, it's, not, it's not like all out, but it feels like it's, it's kind of there already. So if this thing continues, right, it's not going to be a good sign. It's not, even just a, it's not even about prices anymore. It's about people's ability to live. And if they cannot live, they're going to organize and going to like shake up the whole thing. Right, so or they are going to vote Trump yeah. in, right? Which already has happened. So you know, <laughs> maybe the downside isn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. But but I follow the recent I follow the recent uh, election, right? And it doesn't oh. look like the mega candidates are doing very well, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting, it, uh, and it feels like maybe. I don't know. Man. I mean, the country has been split for the longest time, right? So that's the situation. Uh, it's just interesting that maybe Trump will not win, right? And you start to see Republicans um, have the balls to then say, Challenging oh, yeah, him maybe, a bit. yeah, exactly. Maybe we should coalesce around dissenters, you know, like uh, maybe no longer Trump, right? So that there's all that. Lah. But but honestly, 7.7%, I don't know, man, that, that I doesn't feel like there's any fundamental shift in the situation in the US. And by extension means many parts of the world. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I kind of disagree, right? Um, j- just in the sense that, well, you know, it, it's not going up as quickly anymore. Mm. So so that's a good thing, right? Before you, you start coming down, you kind of have to stop a bit and then you start coming down, right? Mm. So so yes, this is only one data point, but hey, it's it's still good news, right? Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I mean... Yes, this is maybe markets being a bit random and, and all that. But I mean, you, you think back to the last few CPIs, right? They, they have all, they, they were all above estimates. That, that's one. Mm. And, you know, the markets just nuked like every single CPI reading. It just went down. So, mm. I mean, I think, you know, this can be explained a bit by, you know, people expecting the same this time around. So they, they started shorting the market with options and all that. And that just, and once it did not come true, right? That that event play did not come true. People just started covering their shots, and and because of the outsized impact of options on on price volatility, you know that that kind of pushed the price up, right? So so it's mm. not really a fundamental play in the sense that oh yeah, you know the, the Fed's the Fed's um you know, interest rate hikes are working and inflation is definitely coming down. It's it's more a, a market structure thing where you know th- things just went kind of crazy. Um, mm. especially after GME and, and all that and, and mm. it's still going crazy right because that's how we trade nowadays so mm. yeah may, maybe that's that you know maybe there's a bit of you know, seasonal flows coming into effect where you know we, we are heading into Christmas there's Santa Claus ready so everybody's just kind of you know, hoping for that last move up before mm. we, we hit the recession next year and then we go down again yeah 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 but I mean I don't deny I, I mean I do agree that 7.7 is definitely not as high as previously 
right? So so that's that's a good sign, right? And you're right that for a curve to turn, it has to first turn, right? It has to turn a little bit and then kind of see where where it goes, right? Uh, but I will definitely from a fundamental from a fundamentalist viewpoint, I will not read too much into this, lah. Right, like it could yeah. be, it could it could just be a blip in the market, and the market is just doing its like whole, yeah, trading momentum kind of situation. Of course, depending on like what what is your style of investing, right? If you're if you're a trader, my God, it's like love lovely time period for you. I mean, there's just so many, <laughs> so much volatility. I, I, I don't know, man. I feel like in this market, you have to be a like a bit of a trader nowadays. Yeah, you yeah, cannot just yeah. buy and and forget. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, we 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 might we, we we have to start coming up with momentum. You know, um, mm, episodes. Some, yeah, more about, momentum. We talk about, mm. about bonds. <laughs> Yeah, now we are talking about trading. <laughs> or we, we, we as a network, we are evolving also. To keep up with the times. Ah. Keep up with yes. the times. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the different markets need, need different styles. You know? we, yeah. we, we can't just do the same thing all the time. That's just being a bit silly. But yeah, Definitely. I mean, no, but I think the, the broader picture, right? And, and what happens next. And, and you kind of see this already, right? I think in May or June, you know, there, there was a lower than expected CPI reading, markets shot mm. up. The mm. Fed immediately came out and said, no, 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 guys, stop it. You know, um, okay, they didn't say that in, in as many words, but then they had the Jackson Hole meeting and they said, no, this is silly. All of you, it needs to go down, right? Um, and, and the reason for that is because for inflation to go down, financial uh, financial conditions need to tighten. Part of the tightening is really equities prices going down. So, you know, like this move up is actually kind of bad news um, if you are hoping for a Fed pivot because this just means that they are going to have to keep interest rates higher for longer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's not going to be. Oh yeah. You know, inflation is coming down. The the Fed will immediately pivot. You know, be, because if you you keep financial conditions loose, if equity markets still keep going up, you know, it's it's just a sign that it's not tight enough, and inflation will not come down quickly enough. And and that mm-hmm. just means, you know, maybe instead of really slowing down in in December with a fifty basis point hike, which is still very big, they might go back at seventy five, or they might go fifty fifty. You know, for next few meetings. So never know yeah. this i mean this is short term good but not necessarily long term good i think yeah and as a fundamentalist i think that's more important right the whole like the more the mortgage rates or like corporate interest rates you know all based on all based on the fed standards right i mean it's not directly based on it but the fed you know rates are kind of like the standardized rates within most of the formulas of how you know all the loans are actually created you know in the market so uh, I, I think that is still the bigger concern. We, we shouldn't spend too much effort into reading like CPI percentages at this point in time. I think I think more importantly, if you want to talk about the health of the health of the consumer, I think I think you should really look at more of like the flows of the consumer, right? Like like are they spending? You know, is it still happening? Because it, prices can be more expensive, but if people are still spending, then fundamentally there there is still flows in the market, yeah. right? In terms of consumption flows, and yeah, as long as consumption or if flows exist, bank balances are still high. You know, yeah, exactly, stuff. exactly. So I think those are more important than uh, how how high is CPI and all that. I mean, CPI is is a a tangential indicator that a lot of people will take reference to because that's kind of where the Fed takes its anchor, you know, whether how they yep. want to do certain things. So I'm not discounting that, but yeah, as a fundamentalist, I think more importantly, look at the Fed interest rates going forward and the health of the consumer. I think those two are better indicators to then tell like how, how things will how things will happen going forward. At least that's that's on my worldview. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think we we need we still need to keep you know CPI in check because that's how the Fed knows yes, yes, yes. it has achieved its goal. 
right? Yes, I mean, yes, you can yes, have yes. all these other indicators that maybe tell you that inflation is coming down. But at the end of the day, if their preferred number, which would be PCE and, and core PCE, you know, mm. don't make it to the, the certain target level, they're, they're going to yeah. keep interest rates high and, and they're yeah. going to keep you know, financial conditions tight. And, and that's going to be, you know, bad for equities generally, right? Yes. Last week. Um, why, so, you know, I, I think why, <laughs> we, 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 are, we are measuring against what they want to measure against, right? Which is why this still kind of matters. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And which is also why a lot of people are like going to bonds, right? Or like trying to look at other kind of investment tools, right? Because, uh, I mean, recently, the recent uh, Singapore bonds oversubscribed again, right? So there's just oversubscription of, on, on, on all that. Right? So it's very, very yeah. interesting to... Government yeah. securities get oversubscribed. This is insane. Yeah, guys, oversubscribed, <laughs> guys. Like, I mean, how many people are rushing into those things, right? I mean, and like, 4%, 4% risk-free, very good, right? We haven't seen good. that in how it's, many years yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's Higher bad. Higher than CPF some more. Yes, 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 yes. Eh, are you are you hinting? Are you hinting the CPF guys? We must tag them, I may think. Today's episode, we must tag the CPF guys. <laughs> Not sponsored by CPF. <laughs> Not sponsored. Why would they sponsor this message? But yes, uh, so that's a, that's a different discussion. But I, I, I get it, right? Risk-free returns given current situation and there's a lot of money in the money markets, right? So a lot of cash sitting around. They need to find a place to go to and then they go into government securities, right? So I, 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 I kind of see see this move but um, yeah lah word of caution is uh, don't join the hype too much lah. I mean you can do a little bit of that that's great but at the core like what is your investment strategy right if if not you are really just kind of like doing a rebound you know like every time there's mm-hmm. something then you rebound every time something you're rebounding you're always switching lanes you're not very clear of like where are you right so yeah if, if you are like the buy and hold long term investor guy then I think at this point in time the market does provide some interesting spaces to enter lah yeah yeah, but you know, I think that's that's also a test of conviction, right? Because it's of easy course. to say, you know, oh, our DCA through whatever market conditions, but then now, well, your your market conditions are bad, but you have something offering you four percent risk free. That's tempting, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. also a bit of a test of your conviction, I think, which is is very challenging time. <laughs> I mean, it's fair, and, and and I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I mean, you, it's just about allocation, right? At this point in time, yeah, you know, uh, a little bit more allocation into the bond space. If you hadn't done them in the past, I think it's a pretty good period now to to explore, you know. But at the same time, I think my my main concern is when people just kind of like flip flop all the way, right? Like, oh, you know, uh, uh, equity, equity, and then now, oh, bond, 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 and then, like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, and, and and to be clear that there, there, there are people like that, and I, w- I would not say that they are a small bunch, you know, because, because it is true that it's very painful at this point in time. You lose your money in the no, but, but that's how retail loses money, right? You you buy yeah. when everybody's happy and it's at the exactly. top and then you, you sell when everybody's sad and it's at the bottom. So, yes, no, yes. you know, hold um, spell it wrongly H-O-D-L right hold and, and continue <laughs> buying right keep the faith <laughs> yeah we shilling we shilling the markets uh, guys uh, we're, we're yes, not we're yes, not we're we're shilling equities, we are okay. we are okay. we are long we are long only <laughs> yeah yeah long only <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 let's get Jefferson back to talk about the short side of things. Uh. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but yes, you know, 
next the next one right talking about from risk free to super risky and losing hundred yeah. percent of your money risk on FTX. risk on, <laughs> risk on. Risk super on. risk on. actually no this is this is not risk on this is a stupid way okay I lost money but you know this is a stupid mm. way to lose money and I and I lost mm. money for the silliest reason right mm. but um yeah you know FTX well in case you have been living in a cave somewhere they they went insolvent I think over the weekend. You know, you want to hear more about how they went insolvent, you know, go listen to Blockcast. Is it Blockcast? Blockcast, yeah. yes. On, on last Friday, right? They yes, were, yes. you know, Reggie and, and a few other crypto guys really got into the, the nuts and bolts of it. But yeah, I think, you know, for, for me, one, I want to say how I, I lost money in FTX because, well, I didn't bring my personal laptop with me to on holiday, so I couldn't log in um, to, oh! to transfer to MetaMask. So I was like, oh shit, I need to transfer out. How oh, to transfer? Shit. Jala. Jala. Yeah, so 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 I was like, oh there was a Shinkansen in Tokyo. I was like, oh shit, shit, shit. Uh, cannot, cannot, need to transfer already. So I, I, I managed to run some money from like FTX to crypto.com because I saved those addresses. Nice, then two nice, days later, nice, nice, crypto.com nice. got rumor that they're gonna ins- gonna be insolvent. I was shopping at Takashimaya, you know, waiting to uh, come back on my plane ready. <laughs> then oh, oh. I, okay, I need to transfer out from crypto.com again. Where to where to run to? It's just money flowing yeah. around, you know. Exactly. Um, so, so it's exactly. absolutely terrible. But exactly. um, you know, I guess anecdotes aside, for FTX and, and crypto in general, what what we, we were really interested about is you know what's next, right? Mm. You know, so so obviously FTX is down, SPF is is going to be jailed pretty much gone uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mean he, he's going to be um, bankrupt right whether, whether he's jailed and, and whether this is fraud I think it'll, it'll take a few years to play out you know and, and if you're and if you still have some money on FTX I guess you mentally write it off and maybe in the bankruptcy proceedings you get 10, 15, 20 cents on a dollar which is still okay right mm. it, it's not too bad but ment- I mean this will take a few years so, so mentally just, just check out uh, Right, um, and then I guess my question is, what else? Right, you know, there's all this talk. About, and I mean, FTX was not a small player; they were second or third largest yeah, exchange yeah, in the world. You know, what what's going to happen now that they are gone? I think I think what is interesting is both Ether and BTC have kind of helped their prices. I mean, there's a little bit of a dip, yes, you know, but relative in the world of crypto, this is no big dip. You know, like with with like Bitcoin prices and Ether prices, and specifically, let's say. <laughs> Specifically, if we focus on Bitcoin prices, right? Because I think I think it's well established that Bitcoin prices at this point in time is a barometer of the overall health of the crypto market, right? So if Bitcoin it prices stay, be, but yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but <laughs> as long as Bitcoin prices stay re- relatively relatively strong, relatively healthy, then it it does show that there's still a lot of money willing to sit around within the space, whether or not the money is moving. That's a different discussion. Right, but mm-hmm. the money is the money or the capital is willing to hold within the space. I think that is the that's the part. So I'm actually quite surprised, um, as this whole thing just kind of unravel itself. That you know you still see ether prices, Bitcoin prices holding up. You know, so I was like, wow, what what what's going on? Like like so much conviction. Surprising, like, right? I, I thought yeah, it would surprising. Dump to like, I thought, you know, exactly. fifteen or twelve K and then it's like, yes, time to buy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually yeah, no, yeah. I don't know how to buy now because it's got no more exchange, but yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> later. Uh, you know, and and also quite interestingly, I think um just before we recorded this, um one of the hardware wallet makers actually came out and said, oh, our, our sales have tripled in the past week, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people don't seem to be leaving crypto 
what they're mm-hmm. doing is they're realizing, okay, wait, exchanges can be dangerous, you know. Um, FTX is not interactive brokers. It's, it might not even be Tiger or Mumu, <laughs> which we are all a bit worried <laughs> about. So, you know, um, maybe it's time to really, you know, take take this into my own hands, right? And and I think that that's kind of a good sign, right? In the mm-hmm. sense that people who, who already own crypto want to still stay in crypto, right? Or, yeah. or have that belief that, you know, this will still make them money, you know, in the longer term or you know, they have a philosophical or, or political belief, whatever, like, right? for whatever reason, they're, they're still staying in the industry. Um, but what I think is, is kind of bad about this is, you know, using all these hardware wallets, using MetaMask is, is actually kind of a painful process. I mean, mm. that's why I had my money on FTX or, or CDC, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I wanted yeah. to trade. Yeah. I, I didn't want to, you know, on-ramp, off-ramp and, and do everything um, through decentralized exchanges just because the risk of getting scammed is actually high. Um, I mean, you got scammed another way, but you know, different different points. <laughs> so you know, I mean, people people <laughs> can stay on people can stay in yeah. crypto. That that's fine. I think that that's a good sign. Yeah. But how do we get the the new people in? Right? How do we get institutions in and, and actually offer yeah. safe custody and all that? Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be the next big challenge that that you know people kind of need to solve, lah. Yeah, and to be clear, that's kind of how I do my stock accounts right like i have a lot of cash sitting around in the stock account like i mean mean, they may not be deployed but it's sitting there and you know maybe they end up in market money market funds but it's just kind of like it's there you know like i'm not trying to like yes what on ram off ram i'm not gonna like tt back into my broker and then like tt out you know and and all that right it's like my goodness so mahuan not quick enough so you know like so expensive the process in and out they charge me fees Right, so I I think a big part of the later people that join the crypto. I mean, the first round of crypto guys are like the crazy geeks, right? Or the people that are like kind of like really entire system, and they have coalesced around and built something viable. And then you see the second round of people that come in, you know, with uh, a little bit of experience investing elsewhere, right? And then they come in with their capital. And then there's some of these practices that we we do in traditional finance that you kind of like put it into crypto. And then you realize, eh, like that matching yet, lah. Like, like this place not ready here for for this thing. <laughs> you know, like 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 we we, we gotta kind of adjust some of these things. And along the lines of what you what you just asked, right? Which is like, how do you then get more people to come in? How do you then get more money to come in? I would say this is gonna be like probably frozen for another two three years. Yeah, I mean, and two three years in crypto world is like two decades, right, or something, right? In in a, in a traditional finance world, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna, yeah, I I okay, so a few things, right? I think let let's be clear, okay. Firstly, to all our listeners, right, we we have chosen not to recalibrate on like what is what happened and blah 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 because you you probably by now already know, right? There's a bank run because of if all sorts of reasons. Last Friday, yeah, if not, it's last Friday blockcast. You will know, okay? So very good. I love the plug, ah, huh? very good. Well trained, well trained. <laughs> So, so <laughs> yeah, so so we're not gonna go there, but I think what we're trying to do is trying to like think a little bit about like how to go forward, right? So there, there are a few kinds of people, right? One 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 bunch of people are the bunch of people that like may have wiped out maybe a big chunk of their of their bag, essentially their crypto bag in FTX, right? And they have to kind of rebuild the whole thing. And so as painful as it is, you gotta rebuild the whole thing. Right, like it or not, that's the reality. Uh, yeah, I don't really have any advice for you other than grieve well and capitalize again. Because the reality of all capital markets is, if you lose money, hope is not a plan. Right, you got to capitalize again. Right, and how do you capitalize again? That is that is within your own 
parameter of what you can do. And then there's the other bunch of people that have that, that are kind of like dipping their toes. You know, they may have lost some money, but it's not like the whole bag. You know, and 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 they're kind of testing it out. You know, or they are they're very seasoned already. So <clears throat> these bunch of people, I think, they will continue to stay around, and they can they they are the people that will end up buying like hard wallet, you know, like cold wallets, and you know some of all these other things. Keep up with the technology. So I'm I'm not very concerned about these bunch of you also because. They've probably been around. Maybe they are the three best cycle people. I don't know, you know, who are they, but but they they kind of be fine. They'll figure out their way and kind of move along with the crypto world development. It is the third bunch of people that is the people on the fence, right? Like, should I participate in this thing? You know, now that there's like back to back, back to back rubbish, right? That you know that it's like, mm, you know, should I? You know. <laughs> any yes. thoughts any thoughts for people like this you you need to come in and buy my bag so I can make my <laughs> so answer is yes um say <laughs> way cancer cancer <laughs> <laughs> no I, look I, I think that that's kind of the, the key right and you, you also kind of see it in, in behavior over the past few days it's like oh yeah you know FTX went down then, then more details come out it's like oh shit it was like fraud how, how did we ever believe this person, right? It's literally, mm. whatever he tweeted, people kind of trusted. And then now, we because he's kind the of most generous billionaire, bro. Nas said he's the most Effective generous Effective altruism, right? Yeah, whatever rubbish <laughs> shit. Yes, yeah. Yes. Mm. yeah, but, but I mean, I mean then, then you we have kind of swung the other way where now everybody's questioning whether exchanges are solvent, right? Including Crypto.com. And then the Crypto.com but CEO will come on, will go on Twitter spaces. I think it's going on CNBC tonight. You know, do AMAs and go, don't worry, we are fine, right? We, of course, we will, you have to say we that. Have, we have enough assets. I show you audited assets. We have, we have so mm. much. You know? But all of them are audited assets prior. <laughs> you know if if, if you yes, are yes. fraudulent then then nothing i can do right how do you detect anyway um, yes, and, and yes, there, there yes. aren't like you know credible third parties that can come in and help detect i mean and and that's kind of odd right because you know the point of crypto is partially openness right yeah. and you know we, we don't know what where these exchange wallets are we don't know what assets what really what assets they have besides you know these point in time snapshots that they they release um and even that's a like two-day phenomenon. And we don't know what liabilities they have, right? You can tell me you have 20 billion in assets, but you have 50 billion in liabilities. No point. You know, that, that's kind of silly. So so we're kind of swung the other way. And you know, whatever people say now, people just go, No, I don't believe you. You know, show me more proof. And you know, there, there, there isn't any proof to show, right? Because these things are fluid, you know, like, and these things take time. Like if you want like even PWC or EY to come in and audit everything and make sure it's done, you know that's going to take months. It's not a one-week thing, you know. They they, yes. they they work very hard and they can work 24-7 with like 20 people teams, but it's still not going to be done in a week. So, yeah, this is, this is I think, the, the bigger concern for me going forward is this loss of trust, right? Mm. And, you know, it, it, even if crypto is meant to be decentralized and it's open, you know, a lot, a very foundational part of getting things done is really kind of half, at least half believing that the other side doesn't screw you over for, for nothing. Right? <laughs> and, and if we can't do that, and if we are going to have to second guess everything and, you know, try to, and everything is literally PVP, then, you know, how are you going to build? Right? How, how are you going to get things done? And how are you going to actually, you know, set out to achieve whatever goals you, you need to achieve? The answer is, it's, unless you are 
a genius and by all accounts SBF was one um, you know that's also not going to really happen right so you know I, I think th- this is the bigger concern for me going forward if we, we can't if there, there is no way for institutions or organizations or, or whatever in, in DAOs and in crypto to, to regain the trust of people who to want to be involved in crypto, then, then you know, there's no hope for the industry, right? It's just not going to go anywhere. And it will be yeah. this like few million people playing around and speculating and gambling, which is so yeah. fun, right? But, but it's not going, like, if it's not going it's to not be gonna you know, go the, world, yes, yes. the life-changing technology that, that the, the yeah. whole case makes it up to be like. yeah 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 fair fair and and i and i think that's the that's pretty much the situation at this point in time right so if you already have a position you already open up your positions in like the different tokens that you would you would love and you believe in the different ecosystem and if there's no new adopters then then that's it right end of story right and this this just becomes yeah. one of those like flung games that like what you say like, a bunch of people will play and then they do their thing that's it mm-hmm. um and, and at this point in time I can't really tell what 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 is what is gonna happen, and I and I and I think it's it's probably the the easy way to to go about saying right like 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 we can't tell. Yeah, like, I mean, what, if if we could tell, we we wouldn't tell you also lah. Yeah lah, yeah lah, yeah, right? yeah la, guys. <laughs> we, we can't tell. That's why we are here. Yeah, we set up our fund lah. Then you join us lah. Right, we're in a yes. research company, right? Yes, we, like we if you can tell, you know, please please yes. tell us. Please tell us. Please tell us. Yes, join our telegram. Yes. Tell us. Then we we all make money together. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. You know, but but this is a evolving situation. I think, I think, although although I do I I do still believe that some of the bigger coins are kind of like an indicator of the overall health of the space. Um, you, you do need to see new projects coming. You need you do need to see new utility, and yeah, without without capital essentially i think what's gonna happen okay i, I hypothesize what's gonna happen is that people are gonna freak out right so money is gonna freak out also in this space for a while everything's gonna kind of mm-hmm. like just cruise by there'll be no no new development it'll be quite hard lah, right and you will not see a lot of new features or new utility that's gonna come out of somebody's ecosystem right just just by the very fact that there's a big chunk of money that has just kind of like vanished Right, because of the bank yeah. run, and that's that's it, and so it's gonna take some time to kind of heal back. As with any other industry, it's not unique to crypto, right? It's, if a lot of money suddenly disappear, and then it's gonna take some time to kind of heal back, right? Same with the Shanghai Stock Exchange, and 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 all that, right? It's it's gonna take some time. So um, yeah, so I think I think that's the immediate view that you can kind of observe. Um, if you want to kind of regain and see the health of the space come back again, then you you, you definitely want to see the Bitcoin prices continue to to compound and grow. At the same yeah. time, you want to see new projects coming in. And if these two are these two, I think are good proxy indicators that the overall health of the space is back. Right? Maybe maybe yeah. not a new exchange, <clears throat> you know, or like maybe it's a whole new discovery of like how things can be done, you know. And uh, but at the fundamental, you, you want to observe these two things, right? That broadly the coins are kind of like holding their prices or coming back up and also like new projects coming in to me this is the indicator of life lah, in this space right? yeah. if, if don't yeah. have this one lah, then then you know you can balik kampung already this thing just it's not gonna work yeah and, and, and to add on to that I think another one that you can look out for is the number of developers actually in the space lah, you know mm. so mm. you know it. I mean I think that the whole well, the, the whole risk and with crypto is that this is 
super new, right? So mm-hmm. and to to make it to make the super new not not so new or, or more well developed, you you need people to actually do the work. So <laughs> you know that's you know if you have more people doing the work, I think better. Right? Yeah. So yeah. so yes, you, you do need to look out for more people doing the work. Um, I I think one one kind of problem that that you know that this whole FTX thing is is a bit of a setback as well. Is you know, like there there were a lot of crypto funds or, or crypto firms that. You know, like like us, kept money on exchanges. I mean, for mm. either for for stocks or that, and that's now all gone, right? So, yeah. Yeah. um, like they they may have to. Oh yeah, I have a three year runway. You know, I I raised I, I did a token sale. I have a three year runway to build. But hey, that was all FTX. It's it's no longer there. Um, yeah. can I still fundraise in this environment? You know, my nope. my current shareholders are not going to give me more money, right? Yeah. Um. So then then how? <laughs> um. Do I just wind up? And if I wind up, then okay, law. Maybe I wind up and I start a new project, right? That that's mm-hmm. maybe safer. Um. Then you know, if you are an investor and and you are a crypto fund and your money is gone or your or your fund winds up, then you have all these tokens that are locked for for a few years. You no, know, once it's unlocked, you immediately sell, right? Because you return capital to your investors. Yeah. Well, I think in the short term, you know, there's just going to be a lot of pressure. Um, as people kind of de-risk and mm-hmm. and get out. Or, or maybe just kind of shift their focus a bit, but you know the 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 optimism me says, hey, this is a good thing, like You know, we have less noise in the industry. We have people who do actually focus on on doing the work rather than trying to make money in like two months and then run away. Yeah. Right. So so it's 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 not necessarily a bad thing. I think yes. you know, short term it will be painful, but maybe for the long term good. I like equity market. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Great, great. Okay, and we move on to the third story, which is in my way. Which is why you are here, China. Which is why I'm here, China. Okay, and also to take over Rakesh's busy schedule holidaying in India, right? So yeah, 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 definitely. (laughs) So third story of the day, China announces slight ease of COVID-19 quarantine rules, okay? And why I say slight Mm -hmm. ease because everyone else is saying like, oh, China is going to move away from zero COVID. You see all the news, all of them are painting this view and to me, it's not, okay? The fat hope, uh, don't, don't, don't think so much. Like, give me, let me give you some insight. <laughs> let me give you some insight. Uh, they have announced, I think, quite a few different big and small uh, rules, you know, but uh, or ease of rules. Uh, and I think there are two that are worthy of highlight. Uh, one is a reduction of quarantine time from five days in a facility and uh, three days at home. So it used to be uh, seven days and uh, three days at mm. home so it amounts to 10 so there's slight reduction you know which which probably matters to to some people you know mm-hmm. so five days in the facility three days at home but if you are not from China you don't have a home in China you don't have a relative that's willing to put your, their name or their home for you then eight days in the facility yeah? so it's still quite long by today's oh, so you cannot even go measure. to a hotel okay so the facility is a hotel probably Right, oh, okay. so it's a quarantine so, hotel. So you can stay in a hotel, order room service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if you can order room service. I think China is very strict on this. So I had a friend who oh. went back, uh, to do a did a quarantine in Shanghai, and um, is they're very strict on this law. Like they were like the 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 people that serve you, they wear like full suit, and then they they serve you put outside your door, and then they you know like ding dong. Then you, there's no interaction to, to some of these things, huh? So. I don't know what's what's exactly happening there on the ground. Uh, maybe some of you have watched some like crazy TikTok videos and you are feeling very afraid <laughs> of it. So I fully understand where your fear comes from. 
but yeah, that it, so to me, there's slight reduction, uh, but there's no like real mm. change in, in this thing, right? And the third, and the, the next point is um, they have reduced their intensity of contact tracing, so they will no longer track the close contact of your close contact. <laughs> so, so it's, it's quite quatang, so right? They still so, do contact tracing. Yes, yes, just it, one it, degree it's just down. Like a term I haven't heard in like six months. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right. So, <laughs> so it is a thing. Uh, but but I I do think something interesting for us to think about and for us to note is that so far all the commotion is really in the big cities, right? So hmm. whether is it Shanghai or Beijing, uh, it's mostly in the big cities, right? And there's no, you don't hear them ring fencing a whole town or like a whole state anymore. Right, so uh, things have mm. definitely changed, and it's quite uh, it's quite easy to understand why it's a city, right? Because it's very dense. The the outbreak is quite it will get very yep. serious very quickly, and then it just kind of moves out very quickly, right? But but you know, I, I understand it's scary, and I totally understand why people when they know that oh Disneyland or IKEA is gonna get fenced out, they chong out of it, right? It's like who wants to get fenced up in Disneyland? At some point, the Mickey Mouse will look like some <laughs> it, scary it can, shit. Can right? Because so, got bits there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe still okay, right? Uh, all the base, not too lie. All come out, okay. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You know, so but I understand why they're why people are feeling that way, but it's not um it's it's not, you know, to to me it's a very city kind of thing. And to me, China has already kind of shifted on that view, but I'm not of the view that they have shifted away from the zero COVID policy, unlike many other uh, major news, you know, outlet, specifically the major Western news outlet. Mm-hmm. Everyone is making it sound like China has shifted out. But interestingly, following this news, you see many Chinese stocks rarely, you know, on average about 10%. Uh, and I am of the view that, you know, it's one again, once again, another news cycle, another momentum, and the fundamentals <laughs> didn't really change. What are your thoughts, Anthony? I don't know, right? I'm like I, I'm struggling a bit in in the sense that okay, fine, they 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 still have some quarantine for inbound travelers, right? So so not necessarily um domestic travelers. So for example, yes, if I go no. to Beijing, Shanghai, do I it, no, no no quarantine, right? It's just no. international inbound. Um, yes. that that's quarantine. Okay, maybe fine, right? Um, and and but if they are not going to do you know super strict lockdowns um and and lock entire buildings up you know, for for months on end or for weeks on end, then you know, I think they they seem to be opening up in the sense like Singapore was open six, eight months ago. I can't even remember the time, right? Where, where we still had to wear masks everywhere, but, you know, restaurants were open. You could go into the office. Um, you, you can't travel out. But for China, that's not a big deal because every a lot of things are internal anyway. Yeah. You know, so may, maybe it, it can still be called zero COVID, but in, in substance and maybe in terms of like economic impact and all that, what what's what's the difference, right? Um, yeah, be, yeah. Between that and you know what, the 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 full openness of like the the Western countries, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. So so I I mean, there's a saying that the Chinese emperor, even the Chinese emperor himself, has never finished going around China. Right. China is huge, yep. right? So it's it's not like we are locked on this island called Singapore, huh? Uh, even my friends that were locked in in Malaysia like during the MCO period. Once, once it became a situation where they can kind of move around, then it's not as bad. Interstate travel, you can try on new environment. Mm. All that is much easier, right? So the whole lockdown energy that I think a lot of Singaporeans are, are emitting onto like China is not very valid because uh, China is a huge place. Right? There are many places that you can go. Like internal travel 
can be a whole industry on its own, and it is an industry on its own. And where before yeah, time, industry, right? yeah, 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 it's like like local <coughs> traveling is a huge industry. And right? time before I spent time in bigger countries, right? I, I never, it never occurred to me like Singapore, other where got where got local travel? <laughs> like, like what local travel? Go Sentosa, go Sentosa. Yeah, Sentosa, woohoo! Right, but but you know, like in China, it's it's a thing, right? It's a huge thing. It's not just in China; it's any other big city, big countries, right? So, so it's not as uh, traumatizing on some levels, you know, on, on that view, right? But yes, it is still very traumatizing to be locked out in a in your building for for months, lah. So 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 that's the reality, but if we push it down, um, there are two points of view that I want us to think a little bit about, right? Number one is the political view, right? So definitely there's some sort of political view in this space. Um, as with all opposition, right? So ruling class, ruling group, and then opposition. Opposition always need to take a different position from the ruling group, right? To to give themselves a reason to exist, right? So this is, this is the fundamental of politics, right? If you want to take a different, if you want to go against the, the, the main group, then you have to have a viable alternative or you have a different position to rally the people under that position, right? So China, to me, will hold on to the COVID zero policy just for the very fact that they need to rally people around a different idea, right? Renmingzhishang, right? So this is what they say, right? Like people first, right? It's not about the economy. Like economy can don't do well, you know, uh, but we must take care of the people. But but that one is a bit a bit fluffy because their economy is doing very well, okay, <laughs> So, yeah. so it, it, it'll, be, it'll be a different situation when the economy is really a shit show. Okay? So now it's very rich for them to say like, oh, I, I no, mean, ah, it's a bit like, the the people. Fed, right? like so, they haven't really felt the pain yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> when you feel yeah, the yeah. pain, then you, your conviction is tested. Exactly, exactly. So now the, you know, the Chinese scholars say, oh yeah, you know, Renmingzhishang, blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, I mean, let's be real, right? Your, your economy is very intact and, and then your people are safe. Of course you can say these kind of things, but it, it may not hold for other people. But, Political reason uh, fundamentally inform my view that I think they will have to continue to pedal this position. Okay, they may within this position they may move up and down, right? Like a little bit of like laxing now, and then you know if things look like it's gonna come back a little bit, they will not be shy to kind of like step up again, right? So I think there's there's a little bit of that, but this will be the position for a long period of time. I don't think they will kind of offload this whole zero COVID yeah, policy so, so, anytime so, so soon. So they, they will stay zero COVID, but you know, how, how zero is zero is a yes. different question. Yes, right? yes, it, um, yes, For yes. a while, it might be very open and well, not, not really zero. <laughs> then too many cases, okay, zero COVID again. Yeah, okay, yeah, right? yes, so yes, so yes. I think it's, it's again, you know, a bit of a naming thing and then you, you kind of just tweak and, and see the, the different measures um, depending yeah. on the luck when you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And then, and then of course the other big thing like we've we've talked a little bit about, which is the the Chinese economy, right? So the Chinese economy is very intact, right? They have no export issues, right? They are, in fact their exports, their net exports today is is like what 20-30% higher than pre-COVID pandemic times. Right. So their their overall export market has just like grown, right? And trust me, with this whole like Ukraine, Russia situation with Europe, right? It's even more high manufacturing will shift into China. Right, because there's no there's no other viable alternative at this point in time. Right. So a lot of your German, I mean the German Chancellor flew in to talk about some of these things, you know, they want to invest in China, definitely they want to do some of this kind of technology transfers, blah blah blah. Right. So you you probably see more and more of that. And be very clear, China uh, net export is up, 
right? So that means they are selling more to the world uh, given the current situation. So there's, there's no real issue. And as a percentage of the overall GDP, it's still kind of relatively healthy. It's about 20%, 18, 19, 20% about there, right? So it's still not crazy. In other words, right, with a expanded export market, the percentage of the GDP is still held, you know, at about 20%. That means mm. the overall size of the Chinese economy has grown. It's grown even further, right? Even before the pandemic. So in the current position, right, there is no real incentive for China to open up. You know, like, like it's okay. Well, I mean, we continue to sell to the world. We keep our people safe, you know, and uh, it gives us political score, you know, and uh, what are we trying to do, right? So at this point in time, the only reason I, at least for my view, when I look at the only reason that they're going to open up is for their airlines. They're trying to make friends. <laughs> Right, so so they need to make friends. Right? Of course, if they don't make friends, they're gonna lose this war because it's not just a war about money and, yeah. and their own people, right? So, it's about influence, right? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That they, they that's why they go to Vietnam, right? First first stop, right? And uh, and and then you know like the our Singapore government went in, Silong went in, and you know asked for some flights or that, and then approve, okay, you know some of these things, right? So it's it's really at this point in time not about China's own growth, but the broader. They're, they're trying to build their airlines, right? Build their influence. Around. Airline a bit strong, okay? Remember, build their influence around. And, and I think that's that's pretty much the whole discussion of why all these external media are trying to get them to open up, open up, open up. Because the other countries need them to open up so that they can participate in some of China's economy, right? And uh, I think that's a very strong position to be in, you know, if, if you ask me for, mm. for China. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that all kind of makes sense. I mean, to, to me, you know, I don't know maybe it's just different media i'm reading I, I don't know that their economy i mean their economy is still stable right but i i don't know if you know the growth is as good as it was yeah. Yeah. right um or you know or, or if they could be, be growing a bit more you know mm. without the the lockdowns and the covid restrictions and all that yeah. right yeah. and and removing that kind of you know and removing restrictions will help that, right? Because yeah. may- maybe from the, the Western media lens, a lot of it is just about GDP and, and their GDP numbers are obviously yeah. not doing well. <laughs> um, so, you know, that that may be, I think, where, where a bit of the, the disconnect is. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I think it, you're right in terms of the real economy and, and whether people can live. That mm. I mean, short of, you know, paying your mortgages for, for, not, for not getting a house, I, I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> people yeah, people yeah. can still live and, you know, we, it, the situation is not worsening lah. Right. So yeah, so yeah. from that perspective, maybe you can still hold the line on, on having greater COVID restrictions, right? You you are not Singapore where you need to open up. You're not even Hong Kong where, where you need to kind of open up to, to the world. So you know that that's a good thing. I, yeah. I think you know the one 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 thing I kind of didn't agree with was that, that whole thing about you know domestic tourism and, and all that and exposure, right? It's like Fine, that that's that's good. You know, I think that there's a chance for for that to develop. But as uh, you know, we, we have been talking about Chinese middle class for like a decade, right? The rise of Chinese middle class it has never risen. You know, mm. um, it has not risen for ten years. Um, there there are some you know green shoots in like you know oh yes, there's increasing consumption, domestic consumption, um, which kind of leads to to the middle class because that that's how you spend, right? But you know, I think percentage-wise, as a percentage of GDP, that's actually kind of gone down since pre-COVID days. Mm. Um, so you know, that's not great. And and this is in the context of you being locked in your country and not being able to go out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. if I mean, if if you are going to 
allow people to go out. I, mean, I, I met a few Chinese lawyers today and they were, how is that? Oh, I'm in Singapore. You know? and, and when you're out, you're out for a month or two because you don't want to go through quarantine in, in China. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so they go out, they spend money. Uh, he was telling me about Chanel bag she bought, and then like how how to go back to China without hope, hopefully getting taxed for it. Um, you know, then that's and it's it's one of the people have been locked up for two years, and your consumption side of the economy is still bad. You know, mm. so how is it ever going to get better? I think mm. I think that that's really the key question, right? Because the the whole thing about you know China becoming rich now that is people becoming rich right and mm-hmm. and if they are not going to feel comfortable enough to spend whether that's because of property that's because of you know whatever other social factors they have then that's kind of an issue still uh. yeah yeah I mean I, I don't deny that that is definitely a, uh, a concern you know but at, at this point in time I think I think there are two things that we can think about right one is China already sells to the whole world right and they're, they're pretty much net net exporter to everyone else right so all the major economies in other words uh, they got nothing to sell already they already sell everything already or more or less everything so for them to continue to sell they need to be developing new products right so they need to do 6g la, 5g la, ev la, you know all those kind of things right they need to sell higher value or new ideas or new brands new things right snacks whatever uh, but but to, to be very clear I, I think they have maxed out pretty much their export market. You know, like what else can you sell, right? So they have pretty much ex- maxed out at least given current tech trends and tech cycles is probably another 10, 10, 20 years, right? So they've kind of pretty much maxed out at that level, right? So they have to find a different way to go about growing their economy, okay? And and this is a, a, a different view of how people look at GDP because when people look at GDP, is people only look at percentages, Right, and there's no, there's no, um, there's no underpinning ideas as to how these percentages come about. Like, how do you continue to develop? Right, so China is going through a process of changing its economic mix. Right, like we have established, export is pretty much maxed out. You cannot expect them to sell to more people. It's very hard. Right, consumption is something that a lot of people will, will think about. Okay, uh, can we get the local people to consume? Right, and while it looks like there's a little bit of a dip relative to the GDP percentages, the net size is bigger. Right, because the overall economy has expanded. Yes, growth has slowed, but the overall size is already bigger. Right, so natural tapering of growth is is there unless there's new things to buy, new things to sell, new things to do. Right, so I think I think where China is struggling at this point in time is they don't have enough people to enter the higher value uh, business. You know, to enter into the higher value business of like research, which which is slowly happening because Peking University has squeezed into top ten, right? Or like, okay, not say squeeze into, they already squeezed into top ten the other time. Now they are like safely in their number one university in Asia already. And the underlying uh, factors, I mean, there are many factors as to why how universities are ranked, but one of the biggest underlying factors is the amount of research that is under this university. Right, which is Singapore, which is why Singapore pay for a lot of like all these top professors to come in. Right? So when they come in, they bring along their research, pao chuang together as a university, like packaged together with the university, and then the university ranking moves up. So this is a very good indicator that Chinese research has, has moved up, right? And uh, there are a lot more papers that are coming out of it. And now it's about productization and, and all that, right? So China is going through a change in its economic you know, uh, mix, trying to do the high value, the design, the research, the finance, you know, as much as people say, oh, China's going to open up finance or not. I, th- I do think they are because they have no real other choice, you know, uh, to, to move to the next level. But 
highly unlikely it's going to be like speculating. Maybe try the commodities markets and the <coughs> bonds market first. I think those are the, the yeah. spaces that they're going with. It's not going to be like, oh, immediately we'll come in futures, options, and it's, it's not going to work that way. <laughs> step by step, uh, they need time to develop. right? But I think where where I differ is, is I come from a view that as much as we want to grow the economy and all that, which is true, we, we cannot just see it from a percentage kind of view. We need to understand like where is this growth going to come from? Which is why China and the US, they are fighting each other. I mean, this is the fundamental disincentive of both sides because one side is trying to enter the higher value design, la, software, la, you know, like all these things, you know, which is China trying to enter. And then the other side is trying to bring back a lot of the manufacturing which they should from an objective like competitive landscape right they, they need to bring back some of this manufacturing um, if not they cannot compete if let's say there's like real all-out war or you know or, or something lah, right so they need to do that so mm. both sides are eating each other's lunch lah, in other words or trying to eat, eat each other's lunch so fundamentally they're not incentivized to to really uh, come together right and then so, so to me, that is the the view that I think people need to think a little bit about. Like, okay, we want growth and China needs to grow. Then, or like, if China wants to grow, how is it going to grow? Right? If the US wants to grow, how is it going to grow? Like, like what, what, what are the real underlying ideas that need to exist? And then from there, you can kind of push down your investment thesis or like, what's going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. I, think, I think that's kind of how I will, I will look at it rather than say, or oh, just about consumption more or, you know, like percentages are just not working at this point in time, which, which is true, which is true. Just, yeah, to, to me, there is, there is a transition period that everyone else is going through, not just China. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, yeah, the, the, great, the, the pie is bigger and your, your share of the pie is getting smaller. That, isn't a good sign. No? So, so yes, absolute amount, it's higher. You know, that I mean everybody everybody else in the world has mm. get as increasing GDP and, and they can keep their percentages the same. Right. Mm. So that there, there is I mean and this to me is, is maybe a bit of a sign of well a struggle in, in terms of the longer term thesis, right? If, if the longer term thesis is that the there is going to be that mix, you know, the, the people are going to do well and, and that leads to greater participation in, in equity markets and all that, which, you know, buy my bags, um, I make money. <laughs> then, then, at, then at the end of the day, you know, I, I do need their pie to, like this part of the pie to grow proportionately with how the bigger pie grows because otherwise, you know, I can put my money elsewhere, right? So, so this is a super, you know, 50,000 feet view because we are really talking about macro here. But, you know, yeah. I, I think that that's one of the signs of concern, right? Mm. But, you know, just, just going back down to equities, right? You know, so, so how do we, I mean, obviously it's, it's gone up, I think, crazily over the past week, past two weeks. I think Tencent went up like 30% 10, yeah, 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 or, or 10, 40% 30, since the lows um, a month ago. So, so it has yeah. been a crazy time in the market, Chinese markets, right? But, mm, mm, you know, um, what, what do we think about it? Um, is it kind of reaching fair value? Is it, is, is it still super uh, cheap? And, you know, bye-bye-bye. I, I, think, I think at this point in time, the market is a little bit ahead of itself. Right, because like like I've established, I don't think I don't think that China is gonna, you know, really shake up in that way. And to be clear, some of these tech stocks they benefit from the lockdown, right? So and and, and I, I don't know why they are rallying when the country is opening up, right? Like like they they don't honestly they don't have a lot of internet international exposure in their business structure, and um they 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 do benefit from from the from the broad lockdown. Uh, okay. Open up so uh, I can play games. Right. So if if, if, not, if, if, if the you, have you not seen the Netflix thesis already? 
<laughs> Have you not seen the Netflix TV? So, so I don't get why. Okay, to be clear, I mean, a lot of people when they think of China, right, at this point in time, it's a US ADR, right? So all the tech stocks, right? And to be clear, the tech stocks benefit from lockdown, right? I mean, we have we have seen we've seen this again and again in all other, right? Whether it's Amazon, Netflix, Shopify, you know, everybody benefit from the lockdown because you, you cannot do physical, everything goes digital. You know, um, but but I'm I, I think it will be interesting to look at some of the other companies like Maltai, like Media, you know, some of these like A shares, like brands, you know, like like are their businesses fundamentally growing? So those are better indicators of like well like how how is uh, how is the market, how's the consumer, and then you know, you can use them as better barometers. But for for let's say specific to the example of Tencent or like Alibaba, okay, Alibaba ne- never grows so much, I bet fifteen percent, I think. But let's say Tencent, yeah. Meituan, some of these guys, right? Uh, I do think the market is just finding a reason to kind of like go in on something at this point because there's just so much cash sitting on the side, you know. But yeah, I, 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 from a fundamental viewpoint, I already felt that it was quite cheap, you know, before the rally, la. And today, given the rally, then I'm, I'm not sure, you know. But I, I do think it will taper off a little bit, and then from there, you can kind of, kind of pick up, la. But depending on your investment style, really. Right, so I already have positions in a lot of these Chinese stocks, so I'm I'm not particularly concerned about or you know what 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 what. But um, yeah, I I am definitely positive of the longer term trajectory of China, right? Because uh, to me, yeah. if you are in the financial markets, then okay, mo- mo- where else to financialize? Right, China is one of the biggest places for Indonesia. You to, uh, oh yeah, Indonesia. <laughs> Indonesia is an interesting place. So after India, we Indonesia. do that. After we yeah. build the infrastructure in, in Indonesia, let's say, you know, you got to build the four major bridges to connect all the pieces of islands together, right? There's a lot of all these other things, you know, but at this point in time, you're talking about like financialization of, of, of the place and China looks like right for it, but they don't want other people to financialize. They want their own people to financialize, yeah. right? So that and, is the different that, discussion that's a bit of a question about whether they even want to financialize, right? Because yes, they, they cannot yes. be the US. You know? Maybe yeah. they end up being something more like Europe, right? Or UK, yeah. Or, yeah. or like the yeah. French exchange, which is semi-date. I mean, it, it's yeah. developed enough, but you know, it's, it's kind of not going anywhere or so. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, and, yeah. And but, that, but France, that could France, be the end state. France is not going anywhere. <laughs> so yeah, France exactly, has, right? Yeah, so, France hasn't gone so, anywhere you know, for a long time, but yes. So, yeah, so, so, so I, I think that that's kind of the, the big fear. I mean, look, I think China as an economy, you know, will, you know, may, unless the, the US really put sanctions on them, as an economy, they'll do well in the medium term or long term, right? But, you know, whether equities in China will do well over the medium term or long term, I think that that's kind of still debatable. Yeah, so, that is still know, debatable. I think we'll see lah. Yeah, we will see. We will see. Um, yeah, just thirty percent rally is a bit crazy, lah. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of my you know, base it, take. It it took yeah, weeks yeah. in China, okay. Yeah. It took like two days or three days in the US, so okay. it's okay. okay. You know, okay. I I think it, but see uh, see see just release earnings. They're up thirty percent today in twenty minutes oh, yeah, since the market crazy. opened. Okay, lah. Give it to them. <laughs> so to them. you know, yes, <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. Yeah. Finally, we'll talk about C next week again. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about C next week again. And <laughs> I, I think China China has also released some new policies around the property market. Maybe next week I will come here and talk a little bit more about it. The Sully Hotel. Okay. And, and all that. Another we'll see, Asian we'll episode. Another Asian episode, yes, yes. I mean, we are, we are home of the Asian investors, guys. So yeah, woo. Can, then, then now we just need Rakesh to talk about Indian, learn, Indian a, equity this trip. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see if he has some new like updates on, on all that. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Love it.
All right. Always good to have you here to talk about China and, and how we disagree. So yeah, yeah, good. yeah. All right. Yeah, Thanks, yeah, man. That's great. Thank you. I, See yeah, you guys. But, uh, bye. Good. All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh, and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback, so share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.